appreciate that so much. Merry Christmas. We're glad that you're here today. We're looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us. In your Bibles, in the book of Philippians, you want to turn there. Now, we'll be sharing some things with you. Uh, it seems a little bit different scripture when you think about Christmas, but over the next couple of weeks, we're going to share some things with you. I trust will be pertinent, and uh, we're anticipating the Lord's blessings on our, our services and anticipating what He's going to do tonight. I encourage you to come. Uh, all cookies will be sugar-free, and, you know, and <laughs> you ever eaten sugar-free something? Just go ahead and eat it and die. I mean, come on. I mean, just... <laughs> I mean, it's one, of the, it's one of those things, you know, you just got to kind of come through and all. And uh, I, so we encourage you here at 5 o'clock, we'll have a wonderful time together, uh, an exciting time. It's always a good time to have fellowship, to get to know one another. And then, of course, the next two Sundays, our service will be at 10 o'clock, and uh, we encourage you to be here. And then, of course, Christmas Eve. Don't you love Christmas Eve? Wow, it's a wonderful, wonderful time of the year, and I encourage you to make every effort to be here. Uh, Brother Larry is going to sing. Him and I may sing together on Christmas Eve. I'm feeling that right now. I'm just feeling the music in me. But, uh, but anyway, that'll be, uh, that'll be coming up uh, on 6 o'clock on Saturday, and so I encourage you to be about that. And we live in a subdivision that has these little light posts, look like light posts, look something like this. And I know it's beginning to look like Christmas because there's Santa hats on our light poles. Can you believe that Santa hats on light poles? I mean, give me a break here. You know what I'm saying? And then, of course, the, the biggie, if you have a golf cart, you know what that's going to look like. You're going to have it's going to have it. But now, how many northern folks do we have with us today? You, okay, that's a different situation. But, it, you know, beginning to look like a Christmas, I mean, snowing everywhere in that beautiful snow. Don't you love the snow? You know how wonderful it is. And you get to scoop the snow out of your driveway and scoop the snow out of your, out of your walkway, if you will. And then it's not long, and then it melts, and then a big storm comes in, and it freezes everywhere. And uh, years ago, we lived up in Michigan, and we moved in, and we moved into a house that actually had a fireplace. I thought, wow, what a novelty, a fireplace. Wow, that's kind of cool, you know, to have a nice fireplace. It's very, it gives you kind of a, a, a feeling, a good feeling. I didn't realize that when the snowstorm, well, I think it was like we were there about three or four months, and an ice storm hit up in Detroit. You familiar with ice storms? An ice storm hit. I mean, it shut everything down, and I found out that what that fireplace was, it was a survival unit. Because if you didn't have the fireplace, you'd be one of God's frozen children. <laughs> you're you're kind of, what do you say, Mabel? You know, <laughs> okay. Anyway, and so we are excited about this time of the year. Let's look at the book of Philippians. We'll share some things with you. Uh, it's more than lights and gifts and food and family and time off. And I appreciate the song that Eric sang, a wonderful, wonderful message in that song. Look at verse 5 of chapter 2 of the book of Philippians. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and give him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus. So let me tell you guys, this is, this is what divides the name of Jesus. Every knee shall bow of things in heaven 
things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God and the Father. Man, you know, you think about this particular time, and you can have two ways to look at it. You can be kind of a Grinch-type mentality, or you can be thankful for it. I am thankful for this time of the year, and it's a special time of the year, and I think it's important for us to understand that. Over the next two weeks, we're going to look at this particular scripture and share with you how that Christmas is special. If you're there in the scripture, one of the first things we see about this thing of Christmas and why it's special is because Christmas is relevant. And what makes Christmas relevant is this. Are you with me? God came to earth. That's it. That's why Christmas is relevant. God came to earth. You think of a lot of things in the past that certainly were were thought-provoking uh, years ago when, when, of course, on D-Day, when Normandy, when they, the troops landed, that was a very uh, a serious and very exciting time. But what's more exciting, what's more important is that God came to earth. It's important to understand that. When Neil Armstrong walked on the moon, that was a very important moment. But what's more important is God came to earth, and that is what Christmas is all about. It's important to understand that the Bible is very clear that Jesus is God, now, when you write that check next Sunday for the 25th for this offering we're trying to receive, uh, you say, what happened? Well, you know, things do happen. We missed our budget about $400 a week, and so we're asking you to help us with that. So you, when you write that check, I'm giving you the power of suggestion here. When you write that check and you put December 25th on that check, you know what you're saying? That Jesus came to earth. The focal point of history is that Jesus came to earth. It's important to understand that and all the things that we do today and, and all the things that seem to get our attention, we need not to forget this is what it's all about. In fact, the Bible again says in verses 5 and 6, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, he indefinitely is God. I've heard people say, well, you know, Jesus is a great man. He is a great teacher. Uh, he is a great leader. But the problem with all that, he never said that. You read the scripture, you'll never hear him saying he was a great teacher. You know what he said? I am God. That's what he said. He never said he was a great teacher, he was a great person. He said, I am God. And I think it's important to understand that, that if he's not God, he's the biggest liar in history. If he is not who he says he is, he is the biggest liar. And why in the world will we celebrate a, a, a person's birthday that is a con person, con man? Now, I could stand up here and say, I want to teach you about God. I want to share something. I've been, I've been doing this for well over 50 years, and I've done a lot of studying and all that kind of stuff, and I want to teach you some things about God. And probably you might say, well, preacher, yeah, I'd like to learn some things. But if I stood up here and say to you, I am God, you, can you see the problem with that? I mean, I've gone from teaching you to being a nut. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's really, it's amazing when I hear people talk about Jesus and who he is and what he's all about. And I say, well, if he's not who he says he is, then we need to outlaw this, this Christmas thing. The Bible is very clear that he is God. And a lot of people don't understand that Jesus Christ existed before the stable, before the birth. Uh, let me give you some scripture. Uh, John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And him was life, 
and the life was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. Jesus said, before Abraham am, I am. It's important to understand that, you know, when we, we think about what he said, and you know, I think when you read the Word of God, I think it's important to <laughs> read the Word of God. I think it's important to pay attention to what you're reading. Have you ever read, have you ever read a, some material and you, you finish reading it, you don't know what you read? It's like, have you ever met someone, they give you a name and you can't call it? You know what happened? You didn't pay attention. I mean, it takes effort. It's like coming to a service like this, and I realize this is one of the, former, the worst form of, uh, of communication because uh, it's easy to drift. Now, not while I'm speaking. It's other folks. I'm sure that's true. But it's easy to kind of go into a zone, if you will, and all. You've got to work real hard, and, and I think the same thing is true. When you read the Word of God, pay attention to what it's saying. Pay attention to the words that are in this book, that are the holy book that God has given to us. And, I, and I, I challenge you, how many times do I say this to you? You need to read the Word of God every day. You need to get into the Word of God and get the Word of God into you, and it will make a difference in your life. It's made a difference in my life. If he is not who he says he is, we need to close up shop, do something else. But he is who he says he is. He says he is God. And why Christmas is relevant, more relevant than anything else, is because God came to earth. That is relevant. God came to earth. In fact, the Bible says he is here right now. In fact, the word of God says, where two or three, this is kind of important, where two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there. And so he's here this morning, and he's accessible to us this morning. Uh, he, he desires for us to communicate with him. Uh, he wants to communicate with us. He desires that. And this morning, you may have walked in here with whatever your needs may be. And we all have needs, don't we? If you live in this world, you have needs. You have things that, if you, particularly if you have a family, if you have children, they're a lot of fun, aren't they? Boy, they are a lot of fun, and they're a big head. Anyway, but, uh, but you know, that, that's just a part of the situation and all. And so, but the neat thing is to realize that, that this morning, why Christmas is so special and why we make such a big deal out of it. And whether the world knows it or not, that's what they're doing too. They're making a big deal. And I realize that, well, we're living in a very commercial time. I got that. But even though that may be the case still, we're talking. And I'm so glad that it's becoming popular again to say, Merry Christmas. Don't Xmas me. Don't want that stuff. I think it's important to understand that there may be an attack, but I think as believers what we need to do is to proclaim it loud and long and let folks know we're not ashamed of Jesus. He's relevant. God came to earth. You read on the Scripture. Look at verse 7 and 8. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. And was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man. God became a man. The reality of Christmas. Not only is it relevant, but we know the reality that God became a man. He, he wasn't a myth or a vision. Uh, he really did exist. Years ago, there was a thing called books. It's so funny today, uh, I talk about the, uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica, and I'll see kids pick up a, a, here's what they're doing, they pick the book up, they can do this, 
You know what I'm doing? I say you got to go. Because everything they've got is, you know, it's computerized and all. They got their cell phones, they got their nooks and their nicks and their nukes and then whatever they are, and uh, something on fire. And, uh, you know, they got all kinds of stuff. And, and I, I think sometimes when we talk about books, it's hard for them to understand what books really are, but they really at one time really were books. And, and as you, <laughs> if you happen to have ever seen one of those, that they're antiques now. But, uh, but if you've ever seen one, you realize there's more pages on Jesus than anybody else in the world because he really did exist. He really had hands and feet and eyes and ears. I think it's important to understand that uh, he came like us. He became like us. You know, it's interesting, he became a baby. And uh, I sometimes wonder, why, why did Jesus come as a baby? And I think it's important to understand that if you're going to communicate with people, you need to be a, <laughs> you need to be a people. <laughs> that don't make sense, does it? <laughs> but if you're going to communicate with cats, you want to be a cat or a dog or be dogs or cows with cows. But, but he wanted to communicate with men, so he became a person. He became a, a, a human, if you will. And, of course, the question is, why did he become a baby? I mean, you know, you see the little babies. That, you know, you, babies, it's amazing. They're so innocent, and, you know, they're not scary. You know, he could have come. He said uh, he could have come in lightning and thunder and you know, unbelievable light show and great fear come on, come on, on all people. He could have scared folks, but he didn't do that. He came as a baby because no one's afraid of a baby. The Bible says that Jesus came like us. And how was he like us? Well, he was born like us. If you're still in Philippians, turn left and turn, go to Luke. I know this is Luke is the Christmas story. And Luke chapter 2, if you would, he was born like us. Chapter 2 of the book of Luke, verse 6, here's what he says. And so it was that while they were there, the day were accomplished that he should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. He was born like us. He came through the birth canal, if you will. And, and I, I, I often wonder about, I mean, I don't, I don't have no documentation on this, but I wonder how it must have been when Jesus said, I'm going to earth, talking to the angels, I'm going to earth. And, and I can imagine, well, let's, let's get together. Let's, let's saddle up, if you will. He said, I'm going as a baby. I can imagine they must have, are you familiar with the stupid look? Sometimes you'll see a guy look at a real, you know, a girl he's dating, he get that stupid look. You know what I mean? It's like, doesn't have, a, doesn't have a reality going on. But I can imagine the angels, how that, they, when Jesus said, I am coming to earth, I'm coming as a baby, how, how they couldn't understand that because he was God. But it's important to understand, as he came as a man, he was fully God and fully man. And he's coming to earth. And he was born just like us. The Bible says he grew up just like us. If you're still there in Luke, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. He grew up like that we grew up, intellectually, physically, socially, spiritually. Have you ever seen a picture of Jesus? I know there were several Kodaks back then. And, but you always see Jesus. It's amazing. You see him, he's kind of got this halo over him, and he's got this rouge on his face. It's always rouge. Real cool hair, and he had hair. I know he was God because he had hair. <laughs> yes, right. You know. <laughs> but anyway, and you know, he kind of, you know, and he walked around these in these starched sheets. You see these starched sheets that he wore. 
I mean, you know, when you think of Jesus, that's, that's kind of the picture uh, that they kind of portray of him. But I don't, I don't, he was a carpenter. My dad was a carpenter. I never, I don't remember any starch sheets my dad wearing. And he was a big old, my dad was a big old guy, big old arms, big as my legs, and, and uh, he could do all kinds of stuff and all. But, but he was a carpenter, and I believe he looked like a carpenter. He was a Palestinian Jew. He was a Palestine Jew. He was a Jew. All these things we see when you think about Jesus, that he is a real person. It's important to understand that. He was born like we are born. He grew like we grow. Uh, he, all these things he, he understood because he was just like us. You ever talk to someone and you're sharing a problem with them and you know they don't get it? Now, you, you, you know, most people are just waiting for you to shut up so they can give you the answer. They don't really want to listen to what you're saying. They want you to, they're listening so they can answer you. But he does understand. He under, is aware of the things that you're facing. The Bible says in Hebrews 4.15 that he was tempted in all points like we are tempted yet without sin. In other words, that he had human drives and desires and needs and frustrations, but he never sinned. We know that he was tempted. Do you realize that being tempted is not sin? You being tempted doesn't mean that you're sinning. You know what it means? It means you're human. It means you're human. Welcome to the human race. Welcome to what we all deal with now. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. And the Bible says that, that he was able to be tempted like we are, and yet he, without sin. Uh, he, he, in other words, what I'm trying to say, he understands the struggles you're going through. He understands the problems that you're facing. He understands the defeats and discouragement and the pain that we go through that comes into our life. He understands all that. He's aware of all that because he came as a man because he wanted to be able to relate. And it's not that, you know, sometimes it's not that he could not relate to us, but he comes so so we would understand by seeing him, we realize that he's going through things that we're going through. Isn't it a wonderful thing? I'm, I was going to say, isn't it a wonderful thing to talk to people that are going through problems like you are? Just, you'd like for other people to suffer like you're suffering. And, uh, but it's a wonderful sometimes to talk to someone that has gone through some of the things you're going through, be able to share some insight, to share some wisdom, uh, if nothing else, just to be empathetic about what you're going through. Because sometimes when we go through things in our life, we have a tendency to kind of feel we're the only one facing this problem. And what Satan would like to do is to put us in a position where we are isolated. I think Satan is good at isolating us cutting us away from the pack, if you will, taking us away from the influence. You see, here's, here's the deal, guys. Like it or not, we need each other. We really do. We, we, we are not so developed that we can do this by ourselves. We need, that's why the Bible talks about bear ye one another's burdens, because we need folks to do that. And in order for to bear somebody's burdens, we've got to know what the burdens are, which means we've got to actually talk to people, actually communicate with folks. And so I think it's important to understand that, that he, he understands these things. He understands the things that we're going through. The last thing we see is in Matthew chapter 26 and verse 38. He makes this statement in reference to suffering going through difficult times. 
He says in Matthew 26, 38. Then said he unto them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even unto death. Tarry ye here and watch with me. And what he was saying, he suffers like we are suffering. Uh, he, he feels like we, he feels the pain and, and the disappointment and the loneliness and the grief and the fatigue. And, you know, sometimes you're just tired. You ever get there? Just tired. And he understands that, that we're, sometimes we are simply just tired. He knows the things that we're going through. He's aware of the things that we're facing. He has gone through the same things we have gone through. I think the reason why to understand that God has come to earth and God has become man. Let me give this to you. Jesus became what we are so that we can become what he is, child of God. That's pretty much foundational, isn't it? The relevancy of Christmas is that God came to earth. All those years ago when Jesus was born there in Bethlehem, God came to earth. The reality is that God became the man, became man. And the neat thing this morning is to understand that he is here and he understands. You've walked in today. I, I don't know anyone that doesn't carry a load. It's just the kind of day that we're living in. In fact, the Bible talks about in these days you, you shall have tribulation, you shall have problems, and we're, we're living that kind of day, but I'm so thankful that we don't have to go this alone, and I, I'm so thankful that God loved us so much. We quote that scripture, for God so loved the world. Well, the, re, the reaction or the evidence of God's love is Jesus Christ. When he said, Jesus Christ for us. And you may have walked in this morning and you're walking with this load and heavy load. And you're trying to figure out what can I do. Does anybody understand? Does anyone get what I'm going through? Yes, yes, we do. Jesus does. He became what you are so that we can become who he is, which is a child of God. <laughs> but the thing is this, you've got to see your need. You know, I find it very difficult to help folks that don't think they need help. You ever try that? It's like someone out in the water and getting ready to drown. You can't really help them until they quit fighting, until they accept the reality they're not going to make it. Then you can help them. As long as they believe that they can help themselves, they're in danger of themselves, anyone else around them. And I think it's important this morning to realize you've walked into today and, and you're, this is a Christmas season. You're seeing it everywhere. And... But inside, there's such an emptiness. Inside, there's such a, a negative. It's just so negative. And you're sitting here this morning, you're wondering, what in the world is the answer? Well, the answer is Jesus Christ. He's the answer. He, he's the one that can meet your needs. He's the one that can supply whatever the difficulties you're having this morning. God can take care of that. The Bible says this, that, that God desires to give us a gift. And that gift is the Son, Jesus Christ. And you have an opportunity this morning to receive that. But as many as received Him, to them gave you power to become the sons of God. I'm so thankful. You know, we're doing a, a, a couple of our schools, we're trying to give out, uh, you know, Christmas baskets. And, you know, we, we have a chance to minister in three of our public schools. And, and so funny, they say, we can't really minister in public schools today. <laughs> sure you can. Sure you can. And we're, we're, I mean, weekly, over 200 young people and children are being ministered to 
not here, off-site. We have, we have off-site ministries and other places and all that we're able to do that. And, and man, we're, we're doing all kinds of, of these baskets, and all you, you folks have brought so much stuff, and it's so great what you've done. And I know God will bless you for it. And then we're going to do all these toys and gift cards and all that kind of stuff and all. And, and I think all that, thing, all that stuff's important, don't you all? I think we ought to reach people and love people and care for people. But the greatest gift we could give them is Jesus Christ. We'll feed them, but they're going to be hungry again. We'll give them toys and things, but those are going to break and be gone. No matter what we do, and I'm not saying we shouldn't do it, nor do I think it's a, a foolish thing for us to do. I think sometimes you've got to earn your right to talk to people. And that's exactly what we're doing. And it's so easy, you know, for us to share things, but I, I think sometimes we have to share in their needs as well. And let me say this to you. It's a blessing to be a blessing. Amen? It's a blessing when we're able to bless others and be a, to reach out to others. And as a church, we want to be a church that's giving and loving and caring. We want to make a difference in the community. And to do that, we've got to be involved. We're, doing, we're looking for ways more and more that we can be involved. But I'm going to tell you right now, if we feed them, they're going to be hungry again. It doesn't mean we shouldn't do it. But we can give them something that will change their lives forever. That's Jesus Christ. God came to earth. That's why Christmas is relevant. God became a man. That's the reality. That's why we do what we do. You might wonder why we're so fervent about what we do. Because of that. It's not where it's at. You've heard me talk about this. Particularly this time of the year, we see a lot of it. I'm not really a big fan of religion. I think religion's been a real problem. Always been a problem. Religion, oftentimes, what religion does is put a path to God that's not in the Bible. The Bible says, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So this morning, you may have walked in, and uh, that tugging at your heart, that's, that's God, because he's here, that that spark of hope that may be starting to take ignite within you. You may have walked in with an emptiness and a, uh, just a, a hunger and a, a almost maybe a despair and discouragement. You've almost come to, a, you know what you come to start believing? The way you are is the way it's going to be and it'll never change. I'm saying, I want to say this in Greek. Are you ready? Baloney. You want to write that down somewhere? I don't like it. Let me give you another word. Tough. That's the truth. I think it's about time we start dealing with the truth, don't y'all? Let's, let's get out of fantasy land, and let's get into the reality and the relevance. This morning, God came to earth. He became a man. He did that for you, for me. The greatest gift is Jesus Christ. The greatest giver is God. The greatest decision you can make is to accept that. This morning, would you? You're not sure about eternity? I'm not interested in what you call yourself religious-wise. Not, not interested in that. Doesn't, doesn't, doesn't matter. What I'm interested is that do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt if you would die this morning, you'd go to heaven? This is what Christmas is all about. It's not about a holiday. It's about a way. He made a way. So this morning, if you're not sure about that, let me encourage you.
And let me just take it a step further. You have friends and family, probably all over the country. And you maybe you, you're trying to figure out what to get them, what to give, what to give them. Well, let me challenge you to give them the greatest gift that could ever be given, which is Jesus Christ. Let me encourage you to talk to your moms and dads and brothers and sisters and, and your children. And you say, well, you know, they'll get mad. Well, the only going to get mad at you is talking to them about religion. Don't, don't, don't talk to them about religion. And don't even invite them to church. Don't wear that stuff. Invite them to God. Invite them to God. So I challenge this morning, one or two things. You either need to be receiving the Lord as your personal Savior, or you need to be determined to give that gift to other people. That's the only time that's the only folks are here, I think. Either, you either need to give this, or you need to be receiving this. That is why Christmas is so special. Let's pray together. As our heads are bowed, eyes are closed. We're just going to pray. Uh, you may be here this morning. And I